What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. My name is Colin Slager, along with me, Tim Allersmeyer. In today's episode, we get into um, a few interesting documentaries, starting off with, uh, it's called Three Years in Pakistan, uh, the Eric Audet story. Uh, he is an actor, American actor, and uh, went to prison in Pakistan for three years for a crime that he didn't commit. Uh, ended up uh, being a drug smuggler. He was duped by someone who he thought was a very, very good friend of his, and uh, he ended up having to actually go through the Pakistani legal system. He talks about the torture, the beatings, what he had to do to survive, and uh, and how it all kind of resolved and how he got home. Uh, so we get into that uh, for a little while. We also talk about the Fire Fest, uh, both the documentaries on Netflix and Hulu about Fire Festival. Uh, that happened uh, within the last couple years here. I'm sure uh, people remember uh, about 11, 1,200 people stranded on a private island. There was supposed to be a music festival run by Billy McFarland. Uh, ended up frauding everyone, committed wire fraud. Uh, he's serving a, a six-year uh, jail sentence currently. Uh, so we do get into that, talk about that a little bit. And we then we get back into our book talk. We've uh, We've missed a few few rounds of book talk i talk about one um when god rides your love story about seeking things out um, searching for the the right ways to have the proper guidance uh and then then tim uh tim has a couple books that he gets into uh tim tell everyone what kind of rabbit holes you send us down here yes sir I, i'm glad we got into the book talk again i think that's going to be something we're going to start doing a lot more consistently I'm such a fan here because of the amount of value that it's bringing uh we talk about drew Brees's autobiography coming back stronger he talked talk a little bit about the faith acronym that he talks about when he arrived in new orleans when he started playing for the saints and kind of this acronym rallied the city this helped in the, the team the football team rallied around it too and this is kind of what helped them achieve the super bowl title that they ended up uh, achieving and we'll, we'll talk about that faith acronym the different components of that and how you can kind of incorporate that into your daily life or when you're going through a struggle, um, either on, on a day-to-day basis or something you've been dealing with for a while. So something you can apply there. Um, and then Tribe of Mentors, another book that we talk about written by Tim Ferriss. Um, so Drew Houston, who's the CEO of Dropbox, he talks about an analogy involving a tennis ball, a circle, and the number 3,000. So if you want to find out how those things are related, um, we're going to get into that. It centers around forming the right friendships and um, a, a really, really key small improvement that you can make in your daily life that'll have a huge change. I think uh, you guys are gonna get a lot from this episode. I'm excited for it. It's about an hour long, so uh, a lot of value in it. Um, if you want to find something in the episode that you're really, really interested in, you can go to the uh, show notes, and we actually have—I don't know if you've seen this already—but we have the, the different sections broken out. So if you don't have an hour right now to listen to it, you can at least listen to it a little bit, maybe come back to it later. Um, so, yeah, I, ho- I hope they enjoy it. Slager, you got anything else? I'm all set. Everyone, I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Uh, we love to hear your point of view. We can't get better unless you tell us how to get better. So we, de- we definitely want to hear from you guys. So without further ado, here it is. <laughs>
thankful to wake up. Thankful I have a, a nice warm bed. Why? Because you watched a guy in a Pakistani prison for three years for a crime he didn't commit. Yeah, I have to use a. I have something to do with it. Yeah, when, when you when you learn a story of a guy that spent years on death row had to had to do a use one of those squat toilets, no toilet paper for a year and a half, makes you a little more thankful for 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 that thing you wiped your butt with. Just so. a little bit. Yeah. So we watched. Uh, it's called Three Years in Pakistan, the Eric Auday story. Uh, you can rent it for like three, four bucks. Amazon, all that good stuff. And uh, there's a two-part podcast on the Jordan Harbinger show. Uh, Jordan Harbinger, uh, formerly with uh, The Art of Charm, but now he has his own show. And he's a killer man. He's a stud interviewer. Um, his interview with Eric Auday is just... It, it grips you in the, the moment you start listening. So I highly, highly recommend going over to listen to that. Again, it's a two-part um, interview, but it's going to go by real fast because it's, it's an incredible story. And so Tim and I watched it uh, last night. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to hear him, but then, like, you see him talk about certain things. And uh, there was one line he dropped where he said, I would go to... Um, a Pakistani prison for three years for a crime I didn't commit and come out a murderer and it was just due to the nature of the beast of prison and he had to survive and it was, it was pretty wild he he learned quickly uh, I thought it was cool he learned quickly that he had to know the language if he wanted to really have a fighting chance because if people couldn't understand him and he didn't know what was going on, what people were saying and doing or why. Uh, you know, he needed to be able to communicate uh, to get things to help him save his own life in prison. And it's just a super fascinating story on the people he met, the relationships he had in there, uh, and, and how he just kind of made his, his way through a few years in, in Pakistan uh, of being surrounded by people trying to kill him. So... I don't know, man. I, I'm still pretty, pretty in shock about the whole thing. Like that's just incredible. He, uh, yeah, he was busted with opium, uh, professionally sewn in the lining of his suitcase. He thought he was just transferring leather goods for who he thought was a really good buddy of his. He knew from the gym for years, and uh, he was a dupe. Didn't know he was uh, drug smuggling, and. Uh, had to do years in Pakistan, had to go through their legal system. Uh, allegedly, you know, no one on our end could do anything for him. It's crazy, man. I think the biggest, yeah, and you mentioned the biggest thing I took away. Uh, obviously the crazy stuff that he had to go through, the torture, the adversity he faced. But I think the turning point really was when he was in his cell at death row, he decided to to learn the language he said he practiced with like flashcards. he said he said 40 words a day 40 words a too. day and that's what kind of opened up that gateway of opportunity to create alliances with the hijackers who were also on death row yeah, the palestinian who, hijackers who were able to he himself could not have gotten resources like a cell phone or food from the outside but he had to go through them because these guys, I mean, like you mentioned before. They were like celebrities in the prison. Celebrities in the prison who could get whatever they want. And they loved Eric all day when they met him. And, like, they had a good relationship. And I think the cool thing was when he first got into that prison, no one liked him. He he was he 
got in punching fights as soon as he walked in the prison. I thought when he mentioned at the end there when he was going to find out his his after three years his positive fate of getting back to the getting high to release court. when he was walking yeah. to find that information out everyone in the prison was cheering for him yeah i think that, that was really cool and stuff that just shows man when, when when it seems like the world is against you and you don't have a way out i bet that was just so emotional for him to, to take that walk um, at the end there and the documentary was cool we we talked a little bit about it the interview on last episode but Today, we just wanted to give our reactions to the actual documentary that we watched last night. Um, yeah, we watched it with my roommate, Patrick, and, man, we I, I was locked in. There's very few things that had me locked in the entire time, and it was just so cool to, to, to see him tell his story and just his body language, just the passion behind um, just his story and, and how he grew and how I'm, he mentioned he's glad that he's the one that had to go through that because it could have been his brother. Yeah. His brother was going to take this trip for this guy and, and, and import the leather goods, but um, his brother went, or Eric went instead of his brother. So that, that, yeah. was, that was crazy. Because, I, dude, I don't think his, yeah, his, brother, bro- his, brother, his brother would not have survived that. Yeah, his brother found out it was in Pakistan. He goes, I'm not going to Pakistan. Because this was soon after 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like timeline. This is pretty soon after that and around that time. And so... His alleged buddy Ray was like, "Look, Eric, man, I'm going to be out a lot of money on this. Your brother's backing out, and uh, it was supposed to be to Turkey, not to Pakistan. And Eric didn't even want to go. He was busy acting too, and didn't want to leave Ray high and dry. Went to jail for being a drug smuggler. So what they did in Pakistan, there was a, a gal from the U.S. Embassy." that was able to get his physical remand days from 10 to 3. So when you first get your sentence, they have the amount of physical remand. Basically, it's torture the entire day to try to torture a confession out of you. And so they tortured a man for information he didn't have for a crime that he had no idea he was committing, so none of his information was going to make them stop. Uh, They would beat his feet, dunk his head underwater for minutes at a time, electrocute him, just beat him senseless. So that's uh, that's how he started his first three days in prison. Uh, so it's, it's a good start there. Yeah. And, and it just, was going to be 10. And in the podcast interview, he was like, you know, I was thinking, ah, oh, it's 10 days. I can fucking take it. And... Uh, he said, because when he asked her, hey, what was that all about? What happened? She goes, I just got your physical remand days from 10 to 3. Judge one to 10. I got you 3. And when he's talking to Jordan Harbinger, he's like, and my mom like, yeah, I can, I can take some beatings. And she goes, you're welcome. And he's like, I didn't know it till after those three days how thankful I was that I got 3 instead of 10. Yeah. Because he's like, a lot of people don't make it out of physical remand. A lot of people die. It's fucked up, man. It's really fucked. Yeah, because the, their mindset of you going into physical remand is you're either going to die or you're going to tell us that you did it, whether you did it or not. Well, they think <laughs> they think you're there because you're supposed to be there. Yeah. A lot of people think that. And that, that's one point that I thought was interesting that he made in, in the interview uh, with Jordan. He 
it was like I can't imagine the amount of people that are locked up that really shouldn't be mm-hmm. because abroad or, or here too it's like there's probably a lot of people that shouldn't be in prison and they are similar situation with whatever they got duped kind of wild man yeah gotta know what you're getting yourself into of course he thought he knew his buddy too mm-hmm. crazy trusted the fact that this is going on like we don't know about it yeah for some people it's crazy yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the, the amount of cases that are out there that are similar to this. Mm-hmm. But hey, he's an inspiration, man, for everybody around us. Yeah. Talked about how thankful he was when he first got back to the United States, just thankful for the small things. And how he mentioned, like, nothing in his life going forward can ever compare to that. Yeah. So he can never really. Well, he said he was driving from the prison back to the city. Had nothing but his clothes on his back. Had no money left. Had to use it all in prison. He was like, I was on top of the world. I had everything that day. Because I was was just driving back. I was driving out of there. And I had everything. Yeah, didn't have toilet paper. Used his hand. (laughs) Washed his hand. Nuts. Every time. But, on a lighter note... Let's move to wire fraud. Wire <laughs> And just fire fraud. Yeah, if you haven't seen this documentary, you have to. There's actually two of them. Have you watched? There's one on Netflix and there's one on Hulu. I watched them both. You did? You ended up watching the Hulu and one? And I wish I'm 25 minutes away from finishing an interview with Mark Weinstein, the mm-hmm. young guy who was the experienced, like, uh, production uh, guy who had done music festivals. Mm-hmm. And so he, he goes into a few other details that you don't see in either. Right. And just, just a quick explanation for the people who haven't seen this. I feel like it's becoming more and more popular when seeing this, but if you haven't, this dude, Billy McFarlane, uh, an entrepreneur in his 20s, pretty much advertised a festival on an island that he bought. It was actually Pablo Escobar's island in the Bahamas. The first one was. Yeah, the first one. They ended up having to to have it on a different island, but he pretty much advertised a music festival, a four-day music festival on this island, promised people, like, condos, villas, and this is a festival that would take, like, two years to plan. 18 months to, to, yeah. to two years to plan. Professionals Leg- legitimately, like, we need 18 months. Legitimately. But Billy thought he could get it done in four months. So at the end of the day, he promised people a lot of stuff that he wasn't even capable of providing, and people paid him money for these things that didn't exist um, and pretty much scammed people lied to investors about how much money he had to do this um, and is serving six years in prison right now which is actually if you think about it i think he got off pretty easy yeah class action lawsuit for 27 million i think he no well 26 26 million restitution the lawsuit is 100 million yeah. so he's got that going on and just a lot of crazy stuff <laughs> dude he's he's gonna keep scamming the rest of his life yeah. And it just shows the power of social media influencers. Exactly. How many influencers and did they say? And how dumb they can fucking be. Yeah. How many influencers posted about it? Like 75? Is that what it was? And pretty, pretty know, much I, the whole world know, knew about enough this. Enough of the top of the top. Yeah. That he didn't need much. 
Yeah. Which I think is remarkable. This happened in 2017 or 2016, 2017. I never even remember hearing about this live. So it shows how sheltered I am. Yeah, I very briefly remember seeing, you know, like in Snapchat, there's those big world snaps and things. Like I remember seeing, excuse me, uh, snaps when people were like stranded. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what the hell? Then I'm like, oh, some music festival. You got played about some festival. And I was like, how oh, that sucks. All right, next. Yeah. It's just like, all right. I really didn't give it much attention. I just didn't understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like you, I was like, I don't know, somehow under a rock for that one. But again, I don't follow half those people that were like yeah. the influencers. I don't follow hardly any of them. Mm-hmm. At that time, I, I, at that shit. time, I definitely didn't. And I just, yeah, it's it's crazy. But yeah, it, and it's like. You, you put people's lives in danger at that point. Like, you brought them to a remote part of a remote island with no resources, and you bailed. They didn't have enough water. Yeah. They didn't have toilets. They enough didn't have, like... Food, water, yeah, waste system. There was no infrastructure. Yeah. And that goes back to the planning thing. You can't do that in four months. Right. And so, dude, part of what Mark Weinstein was saying, in he's on in an interview with Mind Pump, and he said that he was there even 10 days after the festival, like trying to work with the government there and customs and the angry people that, the workers that didn't get paid for all the days in the hot sun, hours and hours on end. Like they're working almost round the clock. And they had bought a yacht to help accommodate and there was a clip, I forget which influencer it was, she's like, I'm not getting off this boat until I understand what's going on on the island. And uh, so Mark said the boat originally couldn't dock because it ended up, ended up being 20 feet longer than the dock that it would have been at. And the Coast Guard was like, we can't, can't let this happen. And it was a 15-minute tender. So, like, it's anchored out at sea. You have to tender in the shore. And they're like, it's 15-minute tender. Seas are kind of choppy. You know, it's the ocean. And all this just going against them. But they had 1,100 people on the island that they had to get off. And he's like, when we have charter planes, like charter companies, even if it's, like, because they weren't supposed to come back for a couple days. He's like, even if it's before the uh, date to come back, if they're if they're on the docket to bring people back they have to make sure that people get back Mm -hmm. so he's like luckily within about a day we were able to get everyone off the ship was like hey we can take 250 people to miami we have enough fuel food and water we can take 250 people we need a wire for this much once we see it hit the account we're good and so he was like all right great and he went, went to talk to some people. Uh, they got the green light from Billy. He was like, all right, we'll wire. I'll send you the confirmation. They're like, no, no. We need to see the money hit the account. Then we're good. No confirmation. And uh, he was like, well, what are you talking about? They're like, well, the last wire we got from Billy uh, had the incorrect confirmation. It was five days late and for the incorrect amount of money. 
and like he owes us 50% of the fee. So we see that hit the account and we're good. So unfortunately, I'm 25 minutes away from finishing the episode, so I didn't hear how that all resolved yet. This but, is on Mind Pump? Yeah, but uh, the charter planes were able to get it done, and it's like, so a lot of, a lot of kudos to them. They really uh, helped out there. But he was just frauding people left and right. More money here and there. What did he say? He had like $2.5 million in Apple stock. He had like $1,500 to $1,800. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. That's a big jump. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah, no one will flag that ever. Yeah. But it can't be ethical. You can maybe go to 2100, <laughs> skate by. Yeah, man, at the end of the day, it just shows every, everyone who believed him is at fault. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, if you didn't do your due diligence on what you were promoting, that's on you. Fuck your influencer status. Mm-hmm. Half of them couldn't think their way out of a brown paper bag, but... And that's the thing about Billy. As crazy as he is, and how wrong and delusional he is, he believed every single word that came out of his own mouth. Yeah. And in, in his own He was interview, so bought in. Yeah. And I think pe- everyone just kept on buying into that. People kept on buying into his vision, and at a point, they're just like, oh, we can't turn back. Still goes to show going. how attractive confidence can be. Yeah. I mean, you get that fired up about something, it's like, okay. If someone's that ready to go for it, maybe there's something here. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think it just got to the point of no return to where, I don't know, it seems like there was a point where I didn't think he even believed in it anymore. It was just so far gone. He didn't want to admit defeat and just was going to let it run into the ground no matter what happened. Just keep going. Now he's in prison. Rightfully so. Do people like... And and it ruined the Fire app, which sounded like a really good idea. And he... he, uh, doctored those numbers he doctored those numbers yeah that they showed that in the the Hulu interview mm-hmm. that he made all that up yep they had a good thing a, going that's such a good concept mm-hmm. and that's what those engineers when you hear them talk in the Netflix uh, documentary they're like we spent hundreds and hundreds of hours on this thing perfecting this like this we had a good thing going now it's gone. Yeah. Because of the stupid festival. He wanted that festival to happen right now. That festival could have happened like two years down the road. Once they established that app. He could have started, got a it, started planning it, yeah. Gain capital from the app. Like and then money a, from the app. A year after the app releases, okay, app's been out a year. Let's do a festival. Yeah. Use the branded I mean, he could have could have let the brand the app speak for itself but he just wanted he wanted to kick off with yeah that. a year and a half because if you have an app where you're kind of like the uber of talent basically you can hire talent then you have access to those people 
and if they're already on that platform, you're going to have a huge audience already. Mm-hmm. Let that grow a year and a half, two years, then throw a festival. Then you'll throw a festival for the books. Yeah, the, the app really is a cool concept. Then you, you just, will get bigger names. You, can just you will book, have more money. And You can book Cardi B for your next party. It's a pretty cool concept. That's what, out, the, that's what the, the app is doing. Here. Never hire Cardi B. It would it would have worked though. It's a crazy idea. Yeah, I think it would. When I understood what the app was, I was like, man, you could have, like, if you were just in this for money, you would have made so much more money with the app instead of the festival. I think it's interesting how Ja Rule just walked away. Yeah, pretty al- much clean. Also, like, what a shiesty dude. Yeah. When they were, they had that meeting, and you didn't see him, but you heard his voice. He said, "No, it's not fraud. This is more like false advertising, which is <laughs> the same thing." <laughs> and I wanted to just punch my hand through my computer because I'm like, "Are you shitting me?" <laughs> that really? Uh, are those the words that just came out of your mouth? Yeah. It's not fraud. It's false advertising. Okay, Ja Rule. Yeah, you lasted. He had his own prison trouble. Hmm? He went to jail for a little while. He had his own thing going. What happened to him? I think there's like... Wasn't there like a gun charge? I don't know. Look it up. Alright. Yeah, check that. I want to say there was like a gun charge. He had a tax something, I think, too. I like that iPad. I've been thinking about getting a tablet at some point. I like it. Oh, yeah. July 2017, Jarul. Jarul was arrested for gun and drug possession charges along with Lil Wayne. Served eight months in prison. Uh, same thing in 2010. So, Gun charges, man. Yeah. Only gun you should carry is on your arms. Guns and drugs. <laughs> uh, I wish I, we need to start doing videos so people could see that you just flexed on <laughs> right now. Yeah, so we uh, we had a couple a uh, couple crazy days or a couple days of watching some crazy things. Uh, Tim, what you been reading? We've been negligent on the book talk. Yeah, no. Let's get back on the book talk. We wanted to get in, back on the book talk but today. But those were very good documentaries, mm-hmm. very interesting things that uh, that have gone down. Uh, I recommend you give them both a watch. Uh, Eric Day, <clears throat> no doubt. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Gave him a follow on Instagram, too. Same. Same. Inspiring story. He doesn't yeah. have that much, that many followers. I was surprised. Yeah, I thought, I thought he'd have bigger clout. But he probably will though after a while. Some most influential don't have as much as. When did that documentary get released? I don't know. Uh, I want to say fairly recently. I would think mm-hmm. within the last year or so, maybe. Yeah. Year or two. Yeah. Check it out. All right. Yeah. For book talk. Uh, book talk with. 
this Super Bowl NFC Championship drama going on with Drew Brees and the Saints getting robbed of going to the Super Bowl, apparently. It motivated me to go back and read some. I thought it was a terrible no call. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their opinion on it, but it made made me want to go back and read some of his book that I read like two years ago, his autobiography called Coming Back Stronger. Yeah, you talked about that. The the molehill. Yeah, yeah. The molehill. Yeah, so he, when Drew Brees, he joined the Saints team back in like 2006 as their quarterback. Um, and this was coming off of the hurricane. The city was devastated. He, he was going into a situation where the football team was at a low point in its career. The city was at, a, at, at its low point. The city needed some type of spark to, to bring them back. And they eventually won the Super Bowl as a team, which that was a really cool story to see. But I thought one thing that really stuck out to me was when he first came to New Orleans, when he first signed with the team, everyone in the city was wearing these faith t-shirts it just said there's like an acronym on these t-shirts he thought it was really cool so faith um, it was an acronym and the team bought into it and this was a large motivator and part of the team's success is this faith acronym that the city had rallied behind the team had rallied behind um and this can honestly be applied to like anything that you're going through personally whether you're you just got fired from your job you just had a loss in your family just anything any type of adversity you're 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 facing where you you want to improve something about your situation you want to achieve something greater just like the saints did just like the city of new orleans did and the faith acronym i just wanted to briefly highlight the different parts of it um the f which is fortitude which is fighting for something you know is there um, but you might not be able to see it so that's just the belief concept this is the strength to to picture your ideal situation that you want to achieve and believe it before anybody else does, before you even see it. And that could be applied to anything. The A part of it, which is attitude, which is approaching each day with a positive mindset, a glass half full mentality. So keeping positive, that's the attitude part. Um, and then integrity, doing what you're saying you're going to do. And that's, that's probably one of the more important parts about it because especially when you're working on a team, everybody needs to contribute and do their part to achieve a higher goal. No one's bigger than the team. Um, stay humble. Do what you say you're going to do. And even if you're working on something yourself, like if you're starting a business yourself, that's, hey, I'm going to put at least an hour into this each day. That's integrity, doing what you're saying you're going to do. So you owe that to your team that you're on. You owe that to yourself if you're starting your own thing. That's keeping yourself accountable. Um, and then the trust thing, that's the T in faith, trust. Give, give people a reason to believe in you. So... If you're approaching a customer, if you're approaching your team, your teammates, let your actions speak louder than your words, and that and that's where the, the trust comes from. And I think it ties in with integrity, doing what you're saying, you're gonna do, doing what you're saying you're going to do. Um, and then the last one is humility, H, in faith, and that's. I think we need a little more of that in the world too. Right, and I think this goes with a lot of the fact that people always want the credit for being successful um, and Harry Truman said it's amazing how much you can achieve in life and accomplish in life if you don't care who gets the credit so hmm. this is where the humility and the team aspect comes on where so that's no say, one, like you just keep doing stuff just yeah. keep doing yeah no one care like no one cares 
who's the reason why the team won the team is greater than the individuals and that's and everyone does their part sacrificing the fame that they're going to get for the for the team's success that's kind of where the humility thing comes comes back into thing sure. into it and that if you're doing your own thing you're not starting your own business you're not starting your own venture for yourself you're starting it for other people um, and just having the humility to be like i can't do this on my own I, I need other people's perspectives. I need the customer's perspective. I need the team's perspective. Um, just being able to step back and be like, hey, I don't know everything. I need, I need other people and other people's opinions to achieve something greater. So faith acronym, fortitude, attitude, integrity, trust, humility. That was the biggest thing I took from the Drew Brees documentary. Or not documentary. <laughs> you talk about documentary. His book. So uh, that was go. cool. Well, um, why, why do you think people still have a hard time, at, like, maybe accepting more help because like yes I understand that you want to figure things out on your own like we didn't really seek out too much help on our equipment that's mm -hmm. something we just kind of had to figure out what we wanted and needed for where we're at so like I, I like people who try to figure things out and then seek help but when it comes to other things like career, like where you really might see someone like, wow, they're doing it proper. Mm -hmm. Why Why do you think people are still scared to just blind and cold, hey, can I like ask you about your business sometime? Can we sit down? Can I get you a cup of coffee or lunch? Because mm -hmm. I feel like we still have this, ah, we don't really, really want to reach out. It'll probably just happen. Yeah. I feel like there's still a lot of that. Like, yeah, it'll happen. Right, that's a good question. Like, push yourself in the right positions, but you still need to put that effort into it. So I, I feel like a lot of people might still be stuck. I know sometimes it's still hard for me to find people and reach out and do more networking. Well, I think it's, uh, I mean, people are genuinely confident in themselves. And they, I think it's a pride thing. It's a comfortability thing. They like the way things are right now and they're confident in their their own ability to figure it out themselves or find information online that could help them mm -hmm. and it's stepping outside of your comfort zone it's it's definitely it's definitely something that they're probably not used to to just reach out to someone out of the blue cold, cold. and i think where i could do more of this i think what's what's inhibiting me is just i don't want to feel like i'm bothering someone I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm interrupting into their day. But that's where approaching that interaction is something that can be worthwhile for them too is something. Like focus on, I guess, giving value to them too when you reach out to them. Um, whatever that may be, and that could be anything. That could be just giving them some type of value up front, uh, being genuine about the way you reach out, and the conversation that you have with them. I think will be a healthy one, a two-way conversation that while they're giving you advice on their success or while they're giving you value, your conversation with them, hopefully you can give something to them in return Yeah. in your conversation with them. But that's kind of how I approach it. Free lunch is valuable. Yeah. <laughs> Opportunity to come onto the podcast and tell your story. That's valuable. Hey, man. We'll always take it. Uh, cool. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that acronym. That's, uh, that's an interesting one. I haven't heard that. 
You got? Do you have any one of those that sticks out to you? Fortitude, attitude. You have it over there on your computer. Ah man. I still think integrity is the biggest one. So I think that ties in with trust. Yeah, I was, I was between attitude and uh, humility uh, because I don't know I guess I see those the most throughout my everyday like mm-hmm. with the docs I work with like there's attitude and there's never an ego driving oh I don't want to ask for help for this or I don't want to ask you more on this. If you know more, it's, you know, one doc who's had 12 clinical years experience, one who is almost just a year out of school, he's still a fantastic chiropractor. He has no problem asking the one with 12 years, and the one with 12 years knows that there's things that the younger guy knows that he doesn't. And he'll ask him, like, hey, I'm going to go grab... Uh, Dr. Owens, he actually does this adjustment really, really well, and I'm gonna grab him. He's gonna come do it, uh, and then we'll we'll keep moving on. And it's just that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Like they ask me a lot of things. <clears throat> they ask, they bounce things off me all the time. Mm-hmm. Like me and Dr. Owens are always learning from each other. He's always asking me things, then I ask him things, and then so it's like that's what I'm used to is. And it's not always easy, but we try to always have the best responsive attitude towards things that happen in the day. And I see a lot of humility every day. Mm -hmm. So those jump out to me the most. Um, With trust, I mean, there's... Like, we all trust each other working on any of our patients. You know, we we all are comfortable co-managing with anyone. So that's a big thing because when patients see that then there's no concern of like oh who's going to be working with these like it's like hey this is what's going going on today you're going to be working with so and so um or if someone if one's just running behind and the other's available like hey uh we can we can actually just get you adjusted uh, he's running a little behind today and it's it ain't no thing it's like oh okay great cuz you know people see that trust that inner office mm-hmm. trust it's like fantastic chiropractor they have very similar practicing uh styles and methods uh you're in great hands and it's like dude's also a former marine like you entrust him with your life Mm -hmm. like i do and uh it's just i don't know it's almost still kind of foreign being in such an environment to where i can click and work that well with people than prior to my last job yeah uh so so it's it's really cool to see a well-oiled machine but you only get that when you have the right people Mm -hmm. yeah you you can have the best process and system on paper in the world if you're trying to force it with certain people it's going to go down in flames Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen like you guys have a tight-knit group over there too we do you guys have a good team. We do, yeah. I mean, the environment is there for you to create that trust and create that humility. So, yeah, 2019 is going to be a big year. 
uh, this is going to be a big transformation year, and then I think next year is going to be a monster growth year too. I think I think this is where this year is where we really uh, get a spotlight on us even more so, and then I think next year is super growth, like bringing more and more people in. Good. Yeah. So Good. once we get our bigger space, about year year and a half, uh, when we get that. We'll hire another uh, either type of PT, um, trainer of some sort, someone who can take more rehab off of me because by that time I will be so immersed in the gut nutrition piece that I'll still want to have my rehab days. I'll maybe want to do rehab a couple days a week at a certain point, but the food and nutrition healing is where that's going to gonna pop off. Like yeah. that is where medicine is going is holistic healing mm -hmm. so that that's the mission for me there like that is the goal for me they are masters in biomechanics uh, my one doc is doing a lot of Chinese herbal consults he's becoming more of a, a master in holistic health that's where he wants to take things and then I my journey is to become the master of nutrition in that office to help our people get better via food. Hell yeah. Something to shoot for, something so, to work for. Yeah, you, you, so. You, it's, it sounds like you know where you're going. Yeah, so, well, Doc and good. I are enrolled. Uh, big big thanks to him. He, he footed the bill for me and him uh, taking a gut health master class. And then I'm in talks with that same company, Nutritional Coaching Institute, uh, run by Jason Phillips. And they just, I've been following them for a while and because there's a lot of nutrition information, a lot of certifications for this and that. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, in about a month, two months, I'm going to, I'm gonna foot this one and it's cool they'll do a payment plan too with me as a level one nutrition coaching. And he's like, we have registered dietitians, nurses, nutritionists, all types of people that take this and are still blown away. And that helps you become more of the coach. Mm -hmm. And so people take that and run with their own business. And that would be huge for us in the office. That'd be good for us to, to really hone in, make sure we're operating as tip top as we can. And then adding a nutrition coaching piece to that would be incredible because we do have a lot of athletes. We have a lot of athletes. We cover the spectrum on patients, but we have a lot of athletes. Mm -hmm. And so those that maybe don't have a nutrition coach yet, now you come somewhere and get your adjustment, your therapy, your rehab, all your modalities, grass and cupping, whatever you need, and you have your nutrition coach there too. And that makes you more diverse, makes Summit itself more diverse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just another offering. But we're, we're just tackling one segment at a time of like, okay, what is the heaviest hitting direction we need to go in? And, and we found that mm -hmm. right now. Good. In, in a year, we'll have to add something else. Someone and something else. We'll have to add another direction. Because the more we can offer, the more we can help. But... And, and we always say this to each other, can't lose the, the special sauce. Mm 
Special Sauce is really caring about your people. From patients to people you work with. You can't ever lose Special Sauce. So, because you know there's that big thing when you expand and grow and you get more quantity, your quality tends to go down. And so that's where making sure that we <coughs> always have the right people. Like we make sure that they click with us in a work environment and outside of that. Like we're not just there to work with each other. Like we back each other up on a lot of different things. Like we tell each other a lot. We share a lot, you know. Like we get super, super close. And so it's making sure we expand that correctly too and not just growing for the sake of, oh, let's expand. Mm-hmm. Got to do it right. Yeah. And, that's, and doing it right is very slow. And that's where a lot of where a lot of mishaps happen, I think, uh, is because that's takes a long time. But then it's like, my doc has been in the game for twelve years, and he's had a couple therapists that hadn't worked out. But so he's mostly been doing it on his own. And in the same year, he hired on a brand new therapist and a brand new chiropractor. In the same year, those are big moves. Mm-hmm. And now in about another year, we're looking at a brand new location. It's a big deal. So. Hell but yeah. yeah, attitude and trust. <laughs> no, I, I love when you apply it to your job. I mean, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. What we, we're applying it in our, our job situation. So. Uh, Big things are coming, man. I'm excited for you and monstrous. you and Summit. Dude, it's going to be monstrous. Uh, I love it. For sure. Summit, baby. Um, and and I uh, I run the social media there too. So. Hell yeah! What what? Um, but yeah, back to back to a little more book talk. Uh, I've been not as as quick on this book as I as I'd like to be. When God writes your love story, it was recommended to me, uh, and I, I've been getting a little more more and more out of it. The more and more I put into it. It's one of those books where it's just when you really think about what you're reading and try to relay it to, okay, I have done this, or no, I'm not really doing this. And whether you believe in God or not, uh, you can apply it differently. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, you know, in the universe, you know, apply it to that. But it talks about the biggest thing is letting your love life kind of give in to that. And don't force things with that. Don't be like, oh, please God, I hope this one works out. Like, I hope this is it. Like, you know, yeah, you want that, but let it just be what it's going to be and stay your course. Stay your course, what you're supposed to be doing, what you're called to do, and it, it, it will happen, you know. It's... It's hard because we all want that, that special someone now. You know, we want to check that box off. That's a big box to check. So and where do people draw the line in terms of, hey, like, when do I just let things go? Hey, when do I try to change this situation? It's a tough one. It's mm-hmm. a tough, tough transition yeah. and one I'm struggling with. Uh, so one, one thing I took away was, yeah, I, I'm – I'm a believer, like I believe in God and I'm bad about going to church. I'm better about saying my prayers. And, but it talked about you need to seek out more, revolve things around that 
rather than just your one hour on a Sunday. Rather than just reading, oh, here's my Bible verse for the week, I'm good. Actually seeking out more, and then you will be shown more in terms of guidance. And so kind of goes back to what we say of when you put good energy towards something that you think is the right path, it starts to give back to you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay. Now it's kind of giving you that little push, pushing you along that path. Like you give some, you get some. You give some, you get some more. And so I kind of took it as that way too. And, you know, putting energy towards the correct things and then you'll get your guidance. It's not going to have, you're not going to have some lightning bolt strike the ground in front of you. Be like, hey, start doing this, go this way. And tomorrow you'll meet you're perfect someone. Mm-hmm. Nah. Nah. And uh, big thing before that I took away was, okay, are you uh, allowing things to happen or not? Or are you asking to make sure that they do happen? So, like, like I said earlier, like, oh, oh God, please, please let this one work out. That's not letting it do its thing. Right. Now you're just trying to force your hope on it. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, it's an easy hole to go down. It's an emotionally dangerous one to go down too. And uh, so it's like I said, I'm trying to get through it faster, just because there's, there's some really good stuff, and I've been in this book too long to not be done with it yet. But there's some good stuff that I think if you're struggling in any capacity with you know the relationship side, find your own course first. Because fixing that is not going to fix the rest of the things. Mm-hmm. I'm only saying that because I know. It takes one to know one. Yeah. Um, you know, it's ha- thinking that, you know, if I just have this part of my life okay, then I can manage the rest. Doesn't work that way. We'd, li- we'd like to think so. But it's, uh, yeah, kind of an eye-opener. Of, you know, it's, and it's scary letting that side of your life completely go pretty much and not really trying to control that because mm-hmm. uh, you know you hear like well if you really want something bad enough you better chase after it better go get it yeah with a lot of things mm-hmm. business yeah I think with that yeah. like the podcast isn't gonna talk itself you know we have to we have to do the work mm-hmm. like we have to chase this and get it uh, that I think is a little different story yeah and it's it's hard to really let that go so, like I said, it's something I'm struggling with, but working on uh, just letting that go and not trying to force anything with that. I'm just staying my course right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel I need to do. I need to put time towards both the businesses because some it takes a lot of time too. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of time in and out of the office for that, and we put a lot of time into this. And I think I need, just, I need to step on the throat on both of these things and let the rest come when it needs to come. Because right now, my life's a little, a little crazy. Mm-hmm. As I, I know you know how that gets too. Yeah. Sales takes a lot of your time and energy. And then we got to do this and give yeah. more more top-notch time and energy. Right. So I know you know how it, how it goes. It's burning the candle at both ends. So I've been... Trying yeah. to up my sleep a little bit. Yeah, honestly, from my experience, I've never had, I mean, I got a lot of things going on right now, but I feel like I deal with things a lot better now and manage my time a lot better. 
Like, I feel like I was way busier than I was last year, but I still feel a lot less stressed because of the practices that I've been putting into place from this show that we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, like, I just feel like writing things down every day, like journaling, allows me to organize my thoughts more. I feel like my meditation and sleep practices have helped me. Um, it's really easy to get overwhelmed with things, but when you're doing things for the right reasons and you're giving, like, value to people first – it just makes everything so much more worthwhile and the, the stress just isn't there because I'm enjoying what I'm doing right Good. now. And I'm sure you're feeling the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I notice I, not just in work life, but things in general, I worry about what I consider to be the small stuff so much less, man. Mm-hmm. So much less with people, with things, whatever it is. If it's just not, not good for me, then I'm just like, all right, I'm done with it. Like it, it's, it's not good. This isn't mm-hmm. a good thing. And I just, I worry about the little stuff less of like, you know, this person didn't get back to me or that person didn't call me back yet. It's just like, I, I assume a lot of things, if someone doesn't get back to me, they're busy, they forgot, they saw it, they were mid-sentence and got distracted, their phone's dead, they're on vacation, they can't talk right now, they're in a meeting, or they don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah. You know, then it's like, all right, I don't want to talk to you either then. But it's just like, don't worry about it. Like, it is what it is. They'll get back to you. Some people get back to me a few days later. It's like, hey, sorry, I was doing this. Okay, cool. Cool. We all got stuff. You got back to me. Thanks. Not unless it's, like, time sensitive, but, like, you know. But I don't know. Small stuff it is just, it's not a big deal. Like, I remember when I had road rage for a while. <laughs> but that was driven well, by other insecurities. I remember that all the way from, like, yeah. episode one and two. Other insecurities from my last job. Uh like prior relationships with that too like in that time span and it's just I don't know I I feel like I'm getting better at knowing myself too Mm -hmm. and so I'm I still have my own insecurities but I've gotten better with eliminating just a bunch of small shit yeah like just dude shit doesn't matter like small stuff does not matter I mean what we're doing here this is a big thing like, I'm worried about this. I worry about Summit. Worry about my health, my friends, my family. Like, those are the things we need to worry about. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff by Richard Carlson. Do you think I should read that, Tim? I feel like everybody should read it. <laughs> you talking about that reminds me of that book. Um, it's, it's a quick book. You can read it in one day. Okay. Do yeah. you have it? Uh, yes, I do. At home. Can I borrow it, please? Sure. Thanks. Yeah. It's one of those where, like, each chapter is, like, a, like two pages long. They're, like, really short, itty-bitty chapters, so it makes it a lot easier to read. flows better. It's only, like, 100 pages. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a quick one. You can probably get it done in a couple hours. Yeah. Really sat down and read it. Nice. So, yeah. i knock that out. That'd be cool. Knock that out this week on the side of, <laughs> as I talk about not being done with right. one book fast enough. No, it's, it's all good. <laughs> Need yeah. to finish things. That's the other thing I thought. I was like, okay, I'm in the middle of these books. I need to make sure I finish them mm-hmm. for the sake of finishing something. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. But then I was like, a year ago, I wouldn't have thought of finishing a book for the sake of finishing something, not just a book. So I'm like, all right. Now, now I'm thinking about things a little differently. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'd like to read that one, too. Yeah. Because I, I could definitely still use that. I think I'm getting better, but I know I'm always not going to be as nearly as better as I need to be. Mm-hmm. So that'd be a good book. Yeah. 
Alright, man. What uh, what else do you want to hit on this? Um. Or did you have anything? We, we hit a lot. We did. Books and festivals. I do want to just one more thing. Um, oh my gosh! Just something to like end on. Uh, so I re- I read this book called Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss, where he I still haven't read that, and I love Tim Ferriss. Yeah, sorry Tim. To, so he has like eleven questions. He's he has a really cool podcast, the Tim Ferriss Show. He's a really good, good question asker. He he asks amazing questions, and he wrote this book where he reached out to like two hundred like world leaders like actors uh, doctors professors psychologists athletes and he asked them these 11 questions and like hey would you participate in this book I'm writing and so this book is pretty much each chapter is each like leader or person's like responses to these questions and he picks like their best like two or three answers so they're not answering every single question in this book he just picked the best answers um, and one of the th- so it's 11 questions, like, at the end of the book that get answered, or... In each chapter. In so, each chapter. Yeah. So he had a list of 11 questions, sent all these questions to these people, and they answered these questions, and okay. he picked each of their best answers and made it into each chapter. Got it. So that's how that book's formatted. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Did you have a favorite? Um, there's too many to do. There's yeah. too many to choose. But I, I did I did pick one to, to talk about today. Okay, cool. Uh, Drew Houston, who's the founder of Dropbox... Um, he gave this this tennis uh, this analogy that involves a tennis ball, a circle, and a number three thousand. Okay. So you're probably asking, like, what the hell? How are these things related? But here's how they're related. So the tennis ball, it's all a metaphor. So a tennis ball, you know how a tennis ball? He said when he grew up, he he used to practice tennis and hit a tennis ball against a wall. And the tennis ball, the metaphor about it is obsession, finding something that you're obsessed with finding your so that goes with your passion uh-huh. and continually just hammering at it every day like find something you're passionate about um for me it's basketball i like shooting basketball every day but that's just an example something you're trying to like make worthwhile there's a lot of things you're passionate about but the tennis ball hitting it against the wall repeatedly that's your obsession of something something that you can get, get behind something that you can wake up every morning and be like i want to do this so find that that's the first thing and then the second one so that's the tennis ball the second one's the circle and it refers to the idea that you're the average of your five closest friends. So the people that – your alliances that you create, the people that you hang out with on a daily basis, that's your cir- – I mean, that's, that's the circle that's going to give you the most value. So the 80-20 rule, 80% of the value of your relationships come from 20% of the relationships. So and then what five was, people. What was the 3,000? 3,000 is uh, on average, if you're taking all the people in the world – on average, people live 30,000 days. That's the average. So most people live for this don- for this long, so make every single day count. That's what that means. 30,000 days? Yeah, that's the average length of the, that someone lives. But someone's lives may be longer. Someone's oh, I thought you said 3,000. 30,000. Oh, sorry. My bad. 30,000 days is the average life of a human okay. being. So 30,000 for- tennis ball in a circle. Yeah. So tennis ball... The obsession, find something you're obsessed about. The metaphor of hitting the tennis ball against a wall over and over. Circle refers to the idea that you're the average of your five closest your friends. Circle, yeah. Yeah, the people you spend the most time with. Yeah. So that's an important thing to pick out the right people you want to spend time with. Um, and then 30,000 days. 
For some people it's shorter, for some people it's longer. Bottom line is, you're gonna die someday, so make every single day up to that count. Yeah. Based on what. Damn. So that's like just that. so, something to end on. Something that, and that like. I think the circle is my favorite part about that. Right, and I think that was the answer to the question where he asked, "What advice would you give to someone who is just gradu- graduating out of college, who's a successful human being up to that point, that's going out into the real world? What advice do you have for them?" And yeah. he, he gave that analogy, that metaphor. So. Damn, that's good. So just something to end on. I don't, and that that book is so good, dude. I, I think in future episodes, I'm going to be talking a lot about what people say in there. Okay. Um, yeah, I need to get on that one. So too. it's a, it, just something I wanted to, to drop back in. There, so. Um. Yeah, for sure. And. Uh, I was just going to say something. Does anything stick out to you out of those three things? Oh, shit, I just had something. I lost it. It'll come. There we go. Uh, the circle. Um. It. In all honesty, that is a really big part of why I'm excited for us to move in together mm-hmm. in August. Yeah. Because like you, or, or like when I'm around my docs, when I'm around you, it's like, I don't know, we're just on a different level of, of ready to grind, mm-hmm. of ready to, you know, Sunday morning we work and it we don't even bat an eye. Yeah. You know, we, we don't, we didn't really go out last night because we had to get up early and do this. Like, mm-hmm. we want to live a different way, so now we have to do different things in our daily living. Yep. And I don't know. It's just when, like, we hang out when we don't work. And then, but when I'm around you, it's just it's still like I want to learn more. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be smarter. I want to be more efficient. It's like, I want to make sure I'm on time Yep. when, when we meet. And it's like, okay, I want to help lay this foundation of an actual company. And so I know that I do better and I am better when I'm around people like you and my docs. Mm-hmm. Like, then I get taken up to a few notches higher than I am when I'm just by myself. Yeah. I like that. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. What's well, like, I you. appreciate that. I'm excited yeah. to move in. Um, but, and I love all, all my friends, but there's, you know, I don't have that with everyone. Mm-hmm. And so hearing that, it just reiterates, like, that's part of that step, too. It's like, make sure I'm with that because I need more of that if I want to get to where I want to go. Yeah. Like, I, I can see where I want to be, but having those people is so much more important than I think a lot of people still want to recognize it for. Because mm-hmm. you get stuck in, or excuse me, get stuck in, in that lifestyle in, and, ah, uh, yeah, I'm going to relax today, you know. Mm-hmm. Some days you need that, but it's like, it's easy to get, get stuck in, in one way or the other. And uh, I don't know, I'm just, I'm pumped. Yeah, I get fired up. Like I get ready to to do more, more work. Exactly. I I love that you said that. Like everyone. So, that, so yeah, that one connects with me the most. Is yeah. is your your inner circle? Yeah. Every everyone is special in their own way. All all of my friends, I love them in a unique and special way. Oh yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's a tough reality and it's a selfish reality to face. But you can't spend time with everybody. Right. That's when you got to be kind of selfish in a way and be like hey 
I'm going to be a great friend to everybody, but at the end of the day, who is going to help me put me in a position of where I want to be? Who's going to, who's going to motivate me? Who's going to have conversations with me that spark ideas and bring knowledge out of me? I mean, that's, right. a, that's one of the toughest decisions I feel like a lot of people on this earth face is that just who, who, who to spend their time with because time is limited. Well, you don't want to hurt people either. Exactly, exactly. You know? so. so that comes from a good place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is, you know, it's, it's, man, it's weird. I always think about it in terms of on the airplane when they say if a cabin loses pressure, the masks drop down, help yourself before you help your neighbor. And it's like, it's not just on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Like, use it with your own life too. You know, help yourself. Make sure you're happy. Make sure you love yourself before you try to give more happiness to someone else, before you try to give your love to someone else. And I I think it's the same thing of like, you need to make sure you are in the best spot you can put yourself in to do and be what you want to do and where and what you want to be. Mm -hmm. And deep down you'll, you'll recognize the limitations. And it's not that you love anything or anyone less. It's just you know what environment you need to be in. And, yeah, sometimes that might hurt some people. Mm. It's not like go be a dick, like, oh, hey, I can never be around you because you're stopping me from getting my goals. No, <laughs> that's, that's not it at all. It's just, uh, you know, make sure you know your objective when you're hanging out with, with certain types of people and and. If you're just going to hang and you're not doing any, any work of any kind, yeah. Just go all in on just hanging, not doing anything. And But lifestyle, everyday lifestyle and habits, you want to make sure those are as tip-top as they can be because those small things every day will push you 20 years down the road. It's like, man, I haven't done shit. It's like I'm already out of college almost three years. It's not much, but then it's like, that's kind of a lot already. Mm. So, yeah, man. I agree. I like what you said there. But, now I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. You ready to wrap this up? (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate your time uh, giving us a shot uh, to hopefully add some uh, daily value to your everyday life. Oh, also... Big shout out to Dan Fusen, mm. a very very yes. good buddy of mine, uh, ours, a good friend of the shows. I used to live with him in college as well. Um, Dan Fusen, look him up uh, on Instagram. Uh, he is a very talented musician. Actually, did our intro outro music. So when you hear that, that is a new addition. We are uh, changing, adapting, moving with the cheese as we go along here. So. Uh, yeah, we're gonna start incorporating more more things like that. Uh, you know, really make it real professional here. So that's what we're trying to do. Uh, but big thanks to Dan. Uh, go check him out. Great music, great band, um, phenomenal human. How do you spell uh, his last name for the people who want oh, to look sorry. him up? F U S O N. Just he's he- a legend. Hell of a much. hell of a guy. Yeah. What a character. Uh, go check him out. Show some love. Um, big thanks again to him. Uh, also go check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Off the Dome Radio. Leave us a review. 
Instagram. Tell someone active. about tell someone about us. Yeah, as Gary V would say, a little likey like. Sherry share. A little subscribe scribe. Really appreciate it. Tim, anything else? No, thank you for listening. I uh I'm excited for you guys to hear this one and yeah, like I said it before, but if you if you can think of anyone that would benefit from something like this and, and hearing these conversations, tell them about us. Uh, we we love helping as many people as we can out and we wanna we want you guys to join the family and just keep on growing our family. So if you have someone that you think would be a good interview on the show. Yeah. Send send them our way as well. We're um, always looking to talk to people. We're going to start bringing more people on too. We got uh interview lined up for this week and and scheduling some stuff in the works for for the next month. So. Yeah, we're excited uh, for you guys to hear those. We, we might might be taking a little road trip soon. Maybe a little off the dome tour action. Off the dome tour. <laughs> Going on tour, Get baby. Get big time, baby. But uh, we'll keep yeah. everyone updated on that. We're, yes. uh, we're still planning that one out. Uh, but we are working on getting a lot more interviews here. Uh, we know um, people are, are the way. So uh, we really appreciate those who always help us along. Uh, we appreciate you guys. You all help us along by listening, sharing, liking, subscribing, uh, reviewing. Thank you very much. Uh, Tim, good job today, man. You too, man. All right, until next time.